Facebook has become the ultimate contradiction. The company continues to grow its user base. It had some 2.3 billion users logging in at least once a month in the recent quarter. But investors want nothing to do with the company. The stock is down 23% this year, and it's now cheaper than either Walmart or McDonald's relative to earnings. I'm Alex Yule. On this week's Readback, we're joined by Barron's associate editor, Jack Howe, who has a new story out on what to do with Facebook stock. Hey, Jack, it's great to have you again. Hello, good to be here. So what is going on with Facebook? How can something so widely used be so totally unloved? If you've heard of the comic Jim Gaffigan, he's like this family-friendly sure, comic. Yeah. So he has this routine that comes to mind. It's about McDonald's. It's fun telling people you go to McDonald's. They always give you that look like, oh, I didn't know I was better than you. And he talks about how polite society loves McDonald's but won't admit to loving it. And he tells a story of two friends who meet at McDonald's and one says, They're just like, I'm just here for the 99 cent ATM. What are you doing here, Jim? And the other one's put on the spot and he's excuse says, I'm just meeting a hooker. He'd rather say that than admit that he's at McDonald's for the food. But of course, everyone eats at McDonald's. That's where all those revenues come from. And everyone wants a Big Mac. So when you look at Facebook, you know, 2 billion users, not just users, but pretty active users, and yet somehow it's come to say something bad about you if you say you're on Facebook or you like Facebook. First of all, it says you're old and you don't know about Instagram and all the things that the young, beautiful people are doing. Maybe it says you're not tech savvy. Maybe it says you spend too much time with your screens. Maybe it says that you're not off somewhere doing rock climbing or something more exciting. You're spending your time on Facebook. I don't know. But that user base and all those revenues, like, they're coming from somewhere. This company basically owns social media around the world. Yeah, and 2 billion people, it's hard to think of another platform. It's hard to think of anything in life that has that kind of universal usage, right? Can you, can you think of any other product that reaches that kind of number? I cited sunshine and oxygen as two things that reach more people at a better price than Facebook. Now, Facebook has some challenges. Today, Facebook had the largest one-day drop in Wall Street history. The chief executive, Mark Zuckerberg, is $16 billion poorer than when he woke up this morning. We're talking about privacy concerns. The Senate Judiciary Committee just announced it will meet in two weeks to demand answers from the executives of Facebook, Twitter, and Google on the issue of data privacy practices. We're talking about election meddling. Do you think that bad actors are using Facebook at this moment to meddle with the, with the U.S. midterm elections? Um, I'm sure someone's trying. There are some challenges out there. But the starting point for Facebook is dominance in social media, a tremendous amount of free cash flow to spend solving its problems. And I just think that's a pretty good starting point. You know, we thought we owed readers a take on what to do with the stock. And kind of you have to filter out a lot of the noise and decide whether investors should be owning the stock at this point. Right. I'm not here making a moral judgment or anything like that. So when we're talking about election meddling. That's obviously a very serious thing. But let's keep in mind, the reason that we're so concerned about that with Facebook is because Facebook is so effective. If you sell a consumer good, you need to be where the consumers are, and the consumers are on Facebook. And keep in mind, through Facebook's ownership of Instagram, it's not just uh, you know people my age. It's young people, too. It's, it's pretty much the whole world that's on social media. So the fact that they can deliver these messages to so many people makes them so effective. The same thing that makes us upset about their ability to maybe sway an election outcome 
makes advertisers understand that they need to be on Facebook. That's a tremendous you know, source of business for them. We talk a lot at Barron's about investors need to not be emotional. This seems to be an example of that, right? I, I think so. Look, Facebook needs to do more policing. They are set to really ramp up spending next year. And so for next year, I don't think you're going to see a tremendous amount of earnings growth because expenses are going to grow so much faster than revenue. But this is a company that can grow revenue in a at a percentage somewhere in the 20s over the next couple of years, maybe a, maybe a rate in the teens after that. Facebook could double its revenue over the next four years. As you mentioned earlier, it's cheaper than Walmart or McDonald's. Those two companies are not going to double their revenues over the next four years. What about regulation, though? I mean, if you're an investor, you're reading the New York Times, you're reading all these other stories, you're reading about the scandals. We have a Democratic House about to take over. They could get called to Congress with more frequency. How do you evaluate regulation from a stock perspective? There is no political party that's going to come into power in the U.S. and one of the first courses of business is going to want to destroy one of the most lucrative industries in America, an area where we dominate around the world. I think more likely than that, the industry gets involved with Congress in laying out some rules. Now, Europe's a different story. Right. I was going to ask about Europe. I compare it to if you're a driver from New York and you get a speeding ticket in South Carolina, that's a great deal for South Carolina, <laughs> right? They're going to take that all day, every day because- You've gotten a few of those, huh? Well, no. I drive slower than slow. I'm a cautious driver. But if you think about it, for them, that's not their base that they're going to anger. That's free money from someone who's just passing through. And if you're Europe, what would you rather do? Would you rather create restrictions that destroy these companies? Or would you rather keep these companies putting free money in your pockets year after year after year? This is probably some of the best press that Mark Zuckerberg has gotten in the last few months, I just want to say. Um, <laughs> this, you, is a, this is about the stock, by the way. Got it. What about privacy? It's still the thing we hear so much about with Facebook, and perhaps it's part of the reason why it's become uncool. Why are you not thinking more about privacy? <laughs> I, I think there's a kernel of genuine concern when you hear someone outrage about privacy and then layer after layer of pomposity. Like, I'm very concerned about my privacy because I'm such a cool person with such great details. Look, here's the deal. Facebook is free to use. So you give up some of your privacy so that companies can advertise their goods. It's the same deal we have with television, right? We've enjoyed that deal for many years with TV. TV doesn't know as much about you. They know you're old if you're watching 60 Minutes. They know you're young if you're watching MTV. And they know a few other things and that. Facebook's just better at it than TV. But people like free stuff, right? A lot of the world is poor. A lot of the world is cheap. And when you combine those two groups, you end up with a large population of users that would prefer to have something for free, even if they give up a little of their privacy. They'll tell you they don't want to give up their privacy. Then ask them if they want to pay instead. They'll give up their privacy because it's free and they like that. Okay. Next worry about Facebook is that it is so uncool that that 2 billion user base finally starts to shrink or, well, I guess not even shrink. What if it just flatlines going forward? Here's the thing. The growth is on properties like Instagram because young people want to do this very visual form of social media. They're exchanging pictures. They're exchanging videos, a little bit of text. That's different from how people interact in Facebook, where it's a traditional news feed with big blocks of text and the occasional picture. And, right? and most people probably realize this, but we should point out that a few years ago, Facebook 
bought Instagram for a billion dollars. At the time, seemed like a crazy amount of money to spend. And we might be in a situation a year or two from now where it's actually the greatest deal of all right. time. The hot place to be was Snapchat. Instagram became the Snapchat killer. Facebook became the Instagram buyer. And now the hot place to be, whether you admit it or not, young people, is at Facebook through Instagram. And Facebook sees what's going on here. So they've created an Instagram-like part of Facebook, which they call Facebook Stories. Now, here's the one real big financial risk for Facebook going forward. It's not data privacy. It's not uh, election meddling, this kind of stuff. It is if Facebook Stories takes off. Right now, it's a small user base, but it's very fast growth. The problem there is that Facebook long ago figured how to pack its traditional news feeds with very lucrative ads. Right? You can fill them up like Times Square. It hasn't figured that out yet with Facebook Stories. It's not as lucrative to put ads with videos and pictures and things like that. It's more intrusive. There's more risk of annoying users, so you can't put as many ads or you can't charge as much of them. Whatever the code is that needs to be cracked, Facebook hasn't done it yet, and they say as much on their earnings calls. If Facebook users begin moving very quickly to Facebook Stories, then the company could face a monetization problem. It'll still have a dominant business, but it won't be able to run as many ads or, or charge the same amount for them, and that could cut into earnings growth. That, to me, is the big financial risk facing the company, but I think it's more than priced into the stock. I would point out looking back at the Facebook IPO, that at the time, the stock came out of the gate, didn't do so well, and the big concern then was mobile, right? Facebook hadn't yet figured out how to make money on mobile phones. Everyone at the time, it's hard to imagine now, everyone at the time was still using Facebook on their desktop. Right. Now, that's such a kind of quaint idea, and sure enough, Facebook figured out mobile. And investors at the time said, this is going to destroy Facebook. How are you ever going to figure it out? This problem can't be solved. It turns out when you have tens of billions of dollars of free cash flow to spend on whatever you want, and you have an army of the best software engineers on the planet, it turns out you can solve a lot of problems that people think are hard problems to solve. Jack, part of what makes your stories so interesting in Barron's is that you really step away often from a lot of the noise. So do a little math for us. How do you go about looking at the value and the valuation for Facebook stock right now? Sometimes with a value stock, you just talk about something like the P.E. ratio, relationship between the share price and the amount of earnings per share the company has. Facebook sits on a big pile of cash, and when you adjust the P.E. for that cash, Facebook is as cheap as the broad stock market right now. So there's no premium, really, you're paying for the stock. But the thing is, this is a company that's going to grow its revenues at a double-digit rate for years to come, which is much better growth than you get from the typical big company stock in the U.S. stock market. All you have to believe is that none of these challenges that the company faces are challenges that are going to somehow put them out of business or greatly diminish them. So if you have any confidence that Facebook can overcome these hurdles and overcome the bad PR, you think the stock is worth buying. Yeah, I mean, I, I look for competitive advantages. What's going to keep this company strong? Obviously, social media has a huge competitive advantage when it comes to the network effect. The early companies that are already big are likely to stay big. And any company that generates this much free cash also has an advantage because they can spend on product development. They can hire the best people. 
And if they see some promising young startup out there that could become a threat in 10 years, they can buy it like Facebook did with Instagram. Right, I think that's a key point. Jack, you're one of the coolest guys I know. (laughs) Thank you. I've been trying to explain that. I'm wondering how often you're on Facebook. I'm out rock climbing, so I do not have time for, um, you know. Um, and you're not on Facebook, you're saying, so that's why we don't see pictures of this. Sometimes I skydive onto my windsurfing board, and uh, then I just I'm talk, I'm doing business on my Apple Watch. That's how cool I am. So I don't have time for your social media. Got it. Jack, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You can read the full story on Facebook's Unloved Stock in this week's Barron's or, as always, on barons.com. Thanks again to Jack Howe for joining us. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. The Readback will return next Wednesday.